welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Howdy, folks. Welcome to episode 155 all time and the last episode of 2021. I hope you will have a fantastic holiday season. I'm going to give a shout out today to Scott Galloway and Section 4. I'm currently doing a brand sprint with those folks and getting a lot out of it. I definitely recommend you checking it out. And as a result, you might see a few new things from LSMR next year. Stay tuned and of course, tell your colleagues. Now, let's jump into today's conversation with Sandy Donaldson. All right, today my guest is Sandy Donaldson. Sandy is the CEO of Empiricus, where they've developed a platform for physicians to reach out to pharma companies for different kinds of support. He's going to tell us about what that is. Sandy, welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. So we're going to talk about what I would call customer service for physicians. You probably have a better way to describe it than that. But I think what you're doing has probably applications even beyond healthcare. So to get us started, describe when and why a doctor might want to reach out to a pharma company directly. Sure. Well, it's very important that there's a strong relationship between physicians and pharma companies because the pharma companies help the physicians to understand what would be the right type of treatment for their patients. And it goes beyond that. So in addition to trying to understand all of the different drugs and therapies which are out there today, they also help them with patient support. For example, they could ask for a sample to get a patient started on therapy, or they could ask them for other types of patient support, such as helping them with prior authorizations, particularly complex and expensive drugs, or for other financial assistance programs. These are the types of things that physicians generally do in terms of reaching out to uh, pharma companies. And how often does a given physician maybe have to do something like that? I'm just curious about their day-to-day. Is that a common thing? Yeah, so it's a great question, Chris. And it really does, it it does change, obviously, on the type of physician as well. You know, some uh, therapeutic areas, some specialties um, have more reliance on support from pharma than others. So, for example, oncologists might not automatically need as much because they get so much provided to them by their practice. But it might be that uh, a family medicine practitioner based in maybe a remote part of the U.S. might need a little bit more support. Because now I'm just thinking, for example, they see such a wide variety of patients and they can't possibly keep up on all the different options for any one of them and. It's that, but also may just be that because of their remote location, they might not have access to the support and resources that a oncologist in New York might actually have. Um, Sadly, you know, some of the specialty groups which are out there today, they just don't have that investment or that access to the resources in a a face-to-face way, let's say. Yeah. So I can imagine there are an incredible number of pharma brands available. (laughs) Every time I see a commercial on TV or hear of a company that's making a drug that I have never heard of before, the drug or the company, and realizing, you know, the huge number. 
Um, and being able to deliver those messages to a doctor when they're relevant is, is important. And uh, last week's episode covered that. Um, it'll be a couple months ago by the time this gets out, but uh, you can look for that episode on AI and healthcare. But you have um, and your colleagues have developed a two-sided marketplace to address the challenges of physicians finding the support they need. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, I think it's important, Chris, to come back to that point you made about the uh, the vast number of resources which are out there today for a physician. So there's over a thousand branded product websites in the U.S. today. So that's not just that element of the fragmentation of the resources which is out there today, but also the friction. So it's very hard for a physician to go and access some of these resources. In some cases, they've got to find the website. They've got to go to the right part and in some cases actually print off paper documentation, hand sign it and fax it back. So there's a big problem of fragmentation as well as friction, even if they know where to go and get the resources. So what we've created with Empiricus for the physicians on our network is called Concierge. And Concierge is just that. What we do is we support them by removing a lot of the friction and making a one-stop shop so they can come to us and we ultimately support them in getting access to those resources in a much more efficient way. I'm curious about how the doctors and the pharma brands come together in your marketplace. So for the physicians, they're coming to Empiricus for various reasons. One of which is concierge, which is this uh, service which ultimately reduces a lot of the friction they get in trying to access resources. But one of the other key things they come to Empiricus for is the curated information. As we talked about before, it's very important that the physicians are aware of the different pharma drugs, therapies and resources which are available to them. So we work with our pharma partners to ensure that we take selected messaging and we inform the physicians of our network of some of the most patient, impactful and innovative new messaging coming from our pharma clients. So that's how the, the system works. That's how the marketplace connects. So the pharma companies, I imagine, are paying for this. That's correct. Do the they, physicians pay for access at all? Or are they? No, they don't. They, this is a completely free service for our physicians. And so if I'm a doctor and I need help with a certain thing, a certain therapy, I've got a patient with a specific, let's, let's call it a, a cancer diagnosis in front of me. How do I make sure I'm seeing the range of options or I reach out and I see the options of the pharma companies that have signed up for your service? The way that we work is that Empiricus does not get involved when it comes to treatment decisions. Empiricus is there to support physicians after the therapy has been decided upon. That's the concierge element. And we then support the physicians in accessing the types of resources which are used post that decision. I got you. Makes total sense. Okay. And then talk a little bit more about the curated messaging that you, because um, we had a previous conversation. You explained to me that, of course, uh, whatever you're going to send out on behalf of a pharma company has certainly already been approved by them. But talk a little bit more about what you do and don't send to physicians. The way that Empiricus works, Chris, and one of the key differentiators is that we have a physician council for each of the therapeutic areas that we work in. So, for example, in dermatology, we have a, uh, a physician council. 
And then with any of our partners that would like to send a message to our network, there's a couple of things we do. Number one, we're very careful that we don't send multiple messages. We don't want to spam our physicians. And we also ensure that all of the messaging is approved by our internal physician council. The benefit for this is that the messaging provided by our pharma partners is very relevant and impactful, and it lends to trust because it's actually a peer-reviewed message which is coming from Empiricus. Nice. And so you mentioned early on some of the things that doctors get help with, samples and prior authorizations. I'm curious, I mean, we're asking about samples and um, what a sample means. I mean, it's not, you know, a handful of tablets probably because a doctor needs to know that a therapy is working. And I imagine for many things that takes a decent amount of time. So what does that look like? That's right. The samples are not there to, in, to ensure that there's a, a continu continuity of therapy. The samples are really there to ensure that physicians have access to drugs so they can start the therapy and kick things off. And that might be the case because the patients might not automatically be able to start to afford the drug, or it might be that some of the drugs have a long supply chain. So the samples are really there for the first couple of months or to ensure titration as a patient is getting used to the therapy. Got it. So it's really, it's not a try it before you buy it thing. It's a, it's an advance really on a longer term therapy. That's um, correct. Yeah. So, um, and then talk a little bit again about the, um, the outbound messages. So if I'm a pharma company, I would like to send a message and just to be clear for the audience, what we're talking about here in your concierge service is text requests. Is that right? That's right. So there are various ways that our physicians on the network can request support today. There's two ways. Number one is that when they sign up, they can use SMS text to contact us. And it can simply, it can be as simple as, hey, I need to get a sample of XYZ. And we then take over and we enter it into our ticketing system. The other interface is that we have a web app where they can also uh, access that via their phones and then use the web app to create the request as well. Okay. And then let's go back to those outbound messages from the pharma company because you tell me you get pretty good engagement from those and and you're doing something right because no one's opting out. So talk about that a little bit. That's right. So Empiricus is in a very unique position, Chris. Empiricus is an engine that is continually listening to physicians and then building tools that support your clinical practice. Concierge is the first tool that we created. And we actually have a pipeline of new tools that we're going to be rolling out for our different specialties, which will support them in their day-to-day -day operations. So on one side, we have our physicians where we're supplying them with tools that really help them get their patients on therapy and help to optimize their practices. What we're also doing is providing them with very relevant clinical information, and we're ensuring that we don't spam them. We're only sending messages at a maximum of once per week. Now, because of that unique value proposition, we actually have exceptionally high engagement. So that means that when we send one of our messages to our network, we're seeing at around currently 93% open and click-through rates to the messaging that we send. And we've been in operation now for just under a year, and we've got many thousands of physicians on the network, and we're still very happy to say that we have an exceptionally low churn rate, and we've got you know a churn of under 0.1%. Nice. Um, 
What else have I not asked you that I should have that you want to tell me about this interaction or the marketplace or upcoming tools? So it's there's maybe two areas to highlight, Chris, that are very are particularly interesting. One is the evolving model. Now, if we go back 10 years, the way that pharma companies interacted with physicians was directly through sales reps. And a few things have been happening, which has changed that. You know, number one is that we see a changing demographics. Some of the younger physicians don't have the same relationships with the pharma companies, and that's having a way and an impact on how they interact and how they choose to engage. We also see a dramatic increase on physicians' time. So physicians now would like to have more on-demand channels that they can interact with when it's convenient for them. So another element is access. We see that uh, it used to be the case that a pharma rep could go in and see probably about 75% of the physicians on their target list in 2012. In 2019, that number dropped to 50%, and it's forecast in 2025 to drop to under 20%. So you see there's a, a kind of maelstrom of varying uh, things happening, which is really affecting the way in which the pharma companies can connect and this is key in the, the rise of Empiricus and how we're here to actually help the pharma companies. Got it. Yeah. And another one, which I think is important to add, is just the, the future of on-demand. So as that time pressure grows, there will be more and more of a push to support the physicians in different ways, which aren't just delivering a commercial message. So what we're doing now is working with a lot of our pharma partners to actually create some of those new tools, to create some of the Empiricus tools of the future, which can go past just delivering a pill, past just delivering a, a therapy in a syringe, but actually start to think about supporting that holistic uh, way that the physicians are supporting their patients. So this has come up, I think, on a couple of previous episodes, and now you're you're getting into the area that I understand better and more, um, honestly, more interested in is physician education and content. Is that something on your roadmap about delivering educational programs to physicians so they can keep up with things? It absolutely is. So it's a great question, Chris. And when it comes to medical education, that firmly is on the roadmap for Empiricus. Because we are this engine constantly listening, we recently asked our network, what would they like to have? And the resounding answer was, we would like to have three to five minutes, peer-led innovation snippets and videos. So that's actually led to one of the new product offerings that Empiricus is currently rolling out and it's been met with great demand. It's called um, DocX. So we have Dermex, we have NeurologyX, we have uh, OnkX, and various other video series where we work with some of the key physicians in our network on a monthly basis to identify the latest topics and in innovation or Congress highlights and basically create that into a small condensed three to five minute uh, peer led video. And it's getting absolutely incredible traction and a lot of demand because it's on demand and it's providing them with the freshest information updates at their fingertips. Yeah, nice. I like that. I mean, and that's something I think every company, as you and I discussed previously, much of my audience are marketing to pharma companies, um, scientific instruments and so on. But that type of thing, <clears throat> um, short educational videos from, you know, expert peers, always valuable. So 
Uh, Sandy Donaldson, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you very much, Chris. It's been a pleasure. All right. That concierge engine definitely seems like an innovative way to make sure your customers can get timely information at the moment they have a question. So I think there's an opportunity for life science folks if they could figure something like that out where they could support people at the moment that questions arise. And of course, on the other end, always providing relevant and impactful information. As I said at the top, I hope you all have a great holiday season. I am planning on doing the same. If you like the podcast, tell two of your colleagues, and I will see you again in the new year. Bye-bye. 